Chief, may I have a riddle for you? What has big round shape, carries man and dog, and flies? May give up. What has big round shape, carries man and dog, and flies? May not know either, but there it is. <laughs> There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac-11 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce you to the posse. First, girls, get ready. Sit down. Get your fans going. Get your mister going. Get your big box clinics, big box wipes. Squeeze in your lube because he's here. Very famous one more. Hello, everybody. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Happy to be here on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. As you know, I live for this. Mm-hmm. It's been on my calendar. Like I get an alert for it like six months in advance, three really? months in advance, two weeks in advance. Interesting. But you're on every week. That's amazing. It is. I don't know how I survive sometimes. It's like, what, you know, what's going on? The time zone. What's going on over there, over across the puddle? Anything? You know, you, you don't hear anything about the royal family these days because the queen's not around. And the, mm. and the king, King Charles. Keeping it low. Just doesn't do it for anybody. He's like milk toast. It's yeah, like, but he's keeping it on the down low. I mean, at the, at that point, if you were if you were instructing them, you know, publicity wise, wouldn't you say, let's all lay low for about six months and just you know let everything calm down, mm-hmm. right? Right. They were digging I'm holes. Reading the Harry book. Oh, are you really? Yeah. I am. I am reading the Harry book. Hmm. If I bring it with me to one of the cafes, yes, for laughs <laughs> and actually read it, people come up to me, why are you reading that? Really? Yeah, yeah. And yeah I'm just a dumbass American. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For some reason they think Eileen is Canadian with her accent. Oh, really? Yeah. Sometimes. Funny. Sometimes, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Well, okay. Anything good yet in the book? Yeah, well, I'm in like uh, one third of the way in, and he's like uh, in hostile territory in Afghanistan. I mean, he, he, the guy yeah. did do a little time in. Uh, yeah, he was in the combat zone. I mean, you know, I've asked Coco yeah. this a number of times. Could they just fake that and say, you know, just drive him through and say he was there? But according to him, he was, you know, right there fighting and stuff. So. Right. You know, who knows? I don't know. I mean, earlier, earlier in the book, he talks about having his driver take him through the tunnel where, where his mother got killed. And, you know, yeah, he looked into the, yeah. This, yeah. Tunnel, this tunnel was nothing. What was the problem? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was said, a young even if you were kid. drunk, there'd be no problem navigating this tunnel. Yeah. I know. I think, you know, I mean, it all goes back to that, basically, with his with his attitude. It all goes back to his mother. What happened to his mother? Paparazzi. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, you know, not, let's introduce everyone else, then we'll talk about the Diana conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> no Coco tonight. He's up protecting the Hawaiian Islands again, I believe. But our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is here. Switchy. Great to be here tonight. Look very dignified tonight. Do you have a tie on? Do you have a tie? No. What? Oh, wow. Well, was, well, was I mistaken? No. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have a shirt on? I can't tell. Yeah. Yeah, he's he does. Okay. 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 Yeah, so you've got- oh, there you go. Oh, whoa, whoa. going for the uh, yeah. big bang lock. Okay. Interesting. Everything okay with you there? Switch? It's beyond wonderful, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything to report? Oh, well, we'll come back to you. Of course, you have okay. something to report. Now, the best part of the show, or the best part of the intro, is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways and Raven is with us, Raven. Oh, my God. Hi, my friend. Thanks for having me. Now, let me try to paint the hey, picture. Can I paint the picture for our listeners? So, first of all, she's got the long flowing raven-like hair, okay? She's got a hat on. she got cans on in the business. That means uh, headphones, not what you think, your purse. But she has— I you said hands. I was like, yeah, I came prepared with my hands hand, today. Hands. But you have, a, you have a new kind of glasses on. You have— Hands and cans. They're kind of like— <laughs> Good name for a song, if not a band. It's almost like safety glasses, yet they're stylish as well. <laughs> yeah, they're like, these are literally the glasses like LL wore when I was growing up as a wee little kid in the 90s. I knew. Yeah, okay. All right. I I, I think I, now I know why I recognize them. Switchy, get that cat off the screen, please. So, yeah, now, Do you see what the cat's doing, though? We, we can't, there, we can't say it up loud because it has to do with a... Uh, a recent uh, event. With the uh, balloon, history. where they, they're tracking the balloon? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, you know, thank God somebody was watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody took pictures of it before anybody even said anything about it. Okay, so we should we should just, you know, introduce, a, a little bit talk about it. We're going to be talking about it more tonight, too, with Dr. Bob Gross, who's an, an expert on balloons. Good. Okay, so what? So you know, just from, uh, you know, this is what, what actually say, goes, this is open source, but... You have to kind of look into this. First of all, these balloons have come over the United States a number of times, right? And right. they said yep. they said that the Defense Department missed them, couldn't see them, whatever. The Defense Department can pick up a sparrow flying over Mount Washington, believe me. What they were doing is they tracked them and, see, and saw what they were up to. So this one, for whatever reason, got publicity. And they had U-2 spy planes circling it the whole way across the United States interfering with all the electronics on it. So it wasn't able to take pictures or anything. Um, really? Has that been confirmed that they were yeah, yes. of, uh, rendered it uh, ruthless? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And so just think back a little bit. Well, a good case would be made that they did see these other, these earlier balloons, and they just had these U2s tracking them as well and seeing what kind of technology they had. Um, the thing is this, is that we live in a spy satellite world. I have no idea why they why they're fooling around with balloons. I don't get it. I don't get it. And why you would embarrass your country by being caught with kind of a, you know, bottom shelf technology, you know? Well, I heard that uh, a balloon, so something that's moving that slow, can maybe identify uh, images more clearly because they have more time to really look at it. Yeah, but you're going to be found out. You're going to get a caught. a satellite that's just uh, right. up there momentarily. You're going to get caught, though. And, well, they, yeah. and they got caught. But they don't give a shit about being caught. Well, I think, I think it affects Mark them. Take. I think it affects them a lot, you know. It's not good for the whole situation. But 
Here's the thing, too, about about China, and you know, it's their government. We shouldn't say the Chinese people, but it's their government. So, because the politics of this world is just so effed up, the United States, you know, uh, rallied a a bunch of other industrialized nations and put a boycott on special electronic stuff you could sell to China. Okay, so China right. is China cannot get the technology that we can get. All right, so that's why they're Correct. pissed. That's why they're always pissed off. You know, imagine if someone was doing that to us. You know, we'd be crazy. But that's just politics. You know, they're not nice people. There are a few nice people around. Switchy, take that cat off the screen, please. Mac, this is part of my news. (laughs) Really? This is another cat. This is the third cat. You got a third cat? What's the matter with you? Are you eating too much uh, tofu? Are you eating tofu? this, This poor little cat was wandering downtown Point Pleasant, a hungry, a very, very affectionate, very obviously had belonged to somebody. Okay. But we couldn't find the owner. And so now I have three cats. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. They start a suck up. (laughs) (laughs) Some people would say I'm a sucker, but I would say I'm compassionate. Oh, okay. And and tell the audience her name. Her name is Bliss. Bliss? So cute. (laughs) Okay. See, see, Mac, the chicks dig it. Uh, That's the important thing. Well, That's we right. know one does. <laughs> and they That's dig the small truth. dogs, too. Okay. Any any uh, dogs. Any dogs, yeah. really? Huh? Just, oh, yes. Wow. And for anyone that's curious, with, with Switchy's permission, I can definitely post these pictures to our Instagram. Re- oh, absolutely. Uh, no, that's, I think that would shine a bad light on the show, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, Switch, now that it's all about you. Uh, you have to tell us what you had for breakfast this morning. Okay, this morning, I, I took the journey 10 miles east mm. to that uh, amazing uh, uh, restaurant. Uh, uh, that's not the word I want. Uh, uh-huh. uh, what do you call it? A diner. A diner. Diner, yeah. diner in, yes. in Leetart, West Virginia. Mm. And when I got there, I thought, you know, I'm going to try and have something different because I've had the Western omelet before. I've had their uh, um, corner uh, corner cafe uh scramble or whatever they call it mm-hmm. and they're both incredibly really good so i i thought i was going to have uh the uh their their, their version of uh, biscuits and gravy yes i haven't yeah. tried that yet go ahead but but that western omelet was calling me mm-hmm. i couldn't i could not resist it and so i got the western omelet again now mm-hmm. now we're sitting there's some, some drama going to unfold here excellent I'm sitting there. I put my order in for the Western omelet with the, uh, you know, the uh, potatoes on the side. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was a name for those potatoes. Home right? fries. Um, um, there's a couple names for them. Home they're, fries. They're not hash browns. They're uh, home they're fries. Potatoes. Home fries. What? There was a, home there was fries. A name for those things. Home fries. Yeah, I guess you can't uh, can't bring it up right now. Potatoes. And, and white toast. Okay. <laughs> Might be and, and black coffee, of course. Yes. And water. Yes. And and then all of a sudden, they mm. lost their power. Oh, oh no. And I thought my heart sunk. I thought, man, I so desperately wanted that that Western omelet. Oh, that before they gave even, you the food. Okay. And I even thought that afterwards, on, on the way, I would order a uh, biscuits and gravy to go and heat them up for dinner. Mm-hmm. Later, you know, but that wasn't going to happen. It turns out that the, uh, the 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 electrical people were out there doing some kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know, upgrade or something, and sure. they cut the power, neglecting to tell the business owners that yeah, ran yeah. the restaurant yeah. that they had. So anyway, but they had, they had in the nick of time, they had completed my omelet 
with mm. a toast and coffee. Wow. And so it was a little dark in there, but there was enough light to, to read yep. through the window. Mm -hmm. But it was more like being in a, in a classy restaurant with that, uh, that ambience. You know what I mean? A little so subdued lighting. I, I sure. thought, well, I'm in a, a very expensive restaurant somewhere, maybe on the East Coast, and we're, we got this, this subdued lighting. So. Huh. And it was, man, it was so good. Hmm. I, I mean, so lucky that I was the, anybody else that came in, they had to make sandwiches or, or whatever, you know. Right, right. So, Anyone uh, else uh, suspect that switching? Sounds like a romantic evening. You think, yeah, you think uh, switch? It, it was, but I had to imagine I was there with a. <laughs> okay, it sounds, like he's, uh, lunch. sounds like he's getting high <laughs> or something. I don't know. What's that? It sounds like he's getting high and he's imagining all these things. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with it. And then I didn't. I only ate about two thirds of it, so mm -hmm. I got one third of it here in the right. house in the refrigerator. What's the name of the place again? Gonna, What's the name of the place? The the uh, Corner Cafe. Yeah. Huh. Okay. How many people does it sit? Would you say? Oh, a decent amount. It's got a couple of big rooms. I mean, you can you can house a lot of people in there. Is there a lot of people in there when you go? No, not not when I went that time. But one time I went there, and uh, the the uh, chalkboard said no breakfast this morning. <laughs> What? It was about November 11th or so, and I thought, oh, man, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> oh. He's, he's, he's coughing up a furrow ball here, folks. Go uh, ahead. Yes. Well, it, <laughs> listen, it, you have to do that once in a while in order to uh, survive. But anyway, uh, I, it turned out it was their Thanksgiving dinner. So oh, you could have man. either turkey or ham and with all the fixings, man. Yeah. Um, so nice. it, was, it was great, and there was a lot of people in there. So uh, yeah, yeah. I just kind of lucked out on that because I didn't know that was scheduled for that. Hey, uh, Juan, Juan, apropos to nothing, you know what they had down the coma last Saturday night? What? The, coma? Uh, the Hawaiian pizza. No, disco night. Everyone disco dressed night, in, yeah, really? Came, yeah, came dressed as disco. They had a disco ball. All the waitresses were dressed like disco dancers. This oh, is the coma, man. dude. Imagine that. I could have gotten into that for sure. Uh, yeah, that would have been fun, except it was 16 <laughs> below zero out. Anyway, wow, Switch, are you okay? Mac no. would have been saying to me, Mac would have been saying to me, hey, Juan, Juan, would you... Talk to that woman over there and tell her to buy her a couple of drinks or something. What? What, the, what are you talking about? You're high now. That, that never happened. Ever. Only kidding. Only kidding is right. Because you're shy. You're shy in a place like that. Um, Raven, I'm not shy. I'm an extrovert. Okay? That's, you know, right. And uh, I have been to the coma with Mac, and, and he is very quiet. He, he is. Really? Okay. All right. I just I, I go into a bar, and I think... Who in here is going to start a fight? Wan Wan goes in there to make friends, right? That's right. What you saying? Yeah, you. not me. I, I go in to drink in peace. Drink yeah. in peace, yeah. 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 I never go out to a bar by myself. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever gone out to a bar by myself. Have you ever gone out to a bar you by yourself, Raven? It's have, fun. Have you gone oh, out? Yeah. yeah I, but, I go and I, you know, I have a couple of uh, Lucy's and I people watch. Really? Yeah? Still? Yeah. yeah, but guys are probably you go and guys hit on you and stuff. It's a whole different experience. All right, to, to go out, you're kind of desperate for a guy it's to go It's easier for women, like, isn't it, Raven? Sure. They're to welcome. Go by yourself and then, you know, depends you on know where, yeah, like it depends on where you go. And I mean, you know, if you have a face that looks like mine, where it's like, you know, it's okay in most lighting, <laughs> okay. but I also have RBF. People tend to stay away from me. RBF, what? what's that mean? Resting bitch face. What? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. That's what RBF is, resting bitch face. So uh, I just have like a permanent scowl when I go out and people leave me alone. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't notice that, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Some guys like I never that. never heard of that. Some guys are into the scowl, you don't know. 
So anyway, speaking of that, why don't we do the top 10 tonight? Top 10. Matt, you never sent me a top 10. Oh, don't say that. I sent it to you twice. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, don't. That's not the, uh, <laughs> not the joke to play on old Mackie, believe me. <laughs> All right, let me adjust my screen here. There we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have top 10 clues. Wait, top 10 clues that Juan Juan might be living in an alternate universe. Top 10 clues that Juan Juan might be living in an alternate universe. At some point in the next few weeks, we're going to uh, really talk about this whole idea. Uh, we living in a simulation, and I know it's dumb. And now a lot of people go back to the Matrix. I never saw the Matrix, but apparently the Matrix is based on a lot of this. There is now. And I gave him the DVD, Raven. Yeah, no, it's. I'm getting to it. Um, Gotta watch it. There is now a lot of scientific evidence piling up that you can just understand easily. That proves we're, that that will make you believe we live in a simulation. We are li- literally living in somebody's computer simulation. Mm-hmm. Like a Truman Show kind of thing. I mean, it's it's. Um, I sent it to Raven. I'll send it to everyone. Yeah. It's. Uh, oh God, the thing you sent me is insane. Yeah, it really is. It it's. It, we're just going to do a whole show on it. But anyway. Yeah. It got me thinking of alternate universes. So, top ten clues why Juan Juan may live in an alternate universe. Start the music, please. All right, number ten. In JJ's universe, dogs and cats can marry, but pigs and goats cannot. Hmm. Strictly I, forbidden. I, I try and seek to fix that. That's, really? That's, would, yeah, that's okay. not good. There's a knot in there. Okay. So that would be like all in, all inclusive. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next, number uh, nine, please. Number nine. JJ's universe. <laughs> in JJ's universe, sticky bears can walk, talk, and clean themselves off with a wipe. <laughs> that's an improvement. That is good. Wow. Oh, okay. In JJ's universe, the queen is still alive, but she's a bagged out old floozy from East London who will do anything <laughs> for a gin and tonic. <laughs> she loved gin and tonics. I heard once. And when she's done, she'll work on your car. Right. Yeah, that's right. Cheers me. Yeah. Top 10. Well, that way she could get another gin and tonic. Right. After she's done. Yeah. Uh, next, please. Top 10 clues that Juan Juan may live in an alternate universe. Number seven, in JJ's universe, spotted dick, quote unquote, is a serious medical condition and not a delicious holiday pudding. (laughs) (laughs) I looked up, I actually did a search on spotted dick. It's a fascinating, (laughs) fascinating story how it got its name. Next, please, right? We got to do a deep dive. Yes. An episode all related to spotted dick next. (laughs) At least. Next, Uh, please, right? I never heard of it until I came here. In JJ's universe, Switch has hair. <laughs> oh my goodness, we don't even have club on tonight, and you guys are coming for wow, him. Wow, I know. Too bad he's joining us late. We'll have to do it again. Next, please. Top 10 clues Juan Juan was in an alternate universe. Number five. In JJ's universe, he owns a huge heated clothing optional swimming pool, and Tom Brady is his cabana boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that would be number one in my universe. <laughs> <laughs> still, got, still got three more to go. Or so. okay, next, please, right? Oh, my goodness. Number four. Yeah, number four. In JJ's uniform, u- universe. universe. In JJ's universe, there is a train that goes from England to Ireland. 
mother and it's the best train in the world exactly we'll believe them but hopefully it'll be funny go ahead next please it's like a disney train a disney train yeah uh number three in jj's universe onion rings onion rings grow on trees hamburgers come from the fairies and it rains chocolate martinis twice a day oh really? yeah <laughs> sign me up oh absolutely never never land mm-hmm. um, God, i miss those uh, onion number... rings up at the uh mm. what's that place in exeter the sea dog yep yeah, they had great onion rings. Oh, well. Uh, next, please, uh, Raven. Number two. In JJ's universe, he goes to a different bar every night, but the smoke show hot bartender is always named Michaela. Is it Michaela? <laughs> yeah, Michaela. Long way to go for that one, 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 but there was a dime. There was no, a time. Listen, here's another episode I can't listen to. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, uh, now we're down to number one. Uh, top ten clues, one one lives in an alternate universe. Right. He can't talk right now. He's on stage with the Stones. When you're right. I mean, yeah, some are in an alternate universe. They're, they're so, it's just crazy. We got to yeah, do a deep but, dive on it. I can go all yeah. night. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 one, I mean the, the, the two or three things that, stick with me that in this YouTube that we originally got from Kim and Sarah Shea. And the guy who's narrating in, he's kind of annoying, but some of the things that he brings out is that there are certain things in nature that are exactly the same. The number of uh, petals on a, on a petunia or on a daisy is the same number as the spirals in a galaxy. Stuff like that. You see them everywhere. There's some fancy name for them I can't remember. Um, and that I'd have to go back and watch it, but yeah. it's it's definitely worth a watch. There's a lot of information in there. A little fishy with the full set of teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fish was a little weird, and 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 um, that uh, coincidences are uh, they're they're um, blips in the program, and that deja vu is the program uh, rebooting itself, and that everything mm-hmm. is. Yep. <clears throat> That that every like and, and they and they answered this one question and I, I I always wondered about this is that when you're playing a computer game, let's say you're playing a computer game and you're chasing bad guys from the airport, from the police station to the airport. When you're at the airport, does the police station exist? And and it doesn't. You you know you only see what exists is only what you see. They say exactly. it's that's what's on that's the only thing that's rendered. So their idea is that everyone is in their own little computer game and everything you see is there just for your benefit and nothing else exists. So it's a weird thing. to If you watch it, you say, wow, there's a lot of – and the math kind of sticks to it. And you know, these people talk – their language is math, you know. If it can right. be proven in math, it, it's just, it freaked me out. I mean, I, I've thought about it a lot since watching it and thinking, you know, there, there might be something there. That something's you know, everybody going talks on. about artificial intelligence, and this can be part of it. This is, it's an aspect of it because, you know, what it, it's not so much about intelligence per se as, yeah, I'm going to get smart because I'm artificial intelligence and, you, you know, things are happening and you know, robots are going to take over the world, stuff like that. That's, mm-hmm. It's not just that. It's... It's that, like you said, you you can fixate on what's around you, and you say, "Well, I'm really comfortable with this. It's all I know. It's what I know because I, I see it. I did a 360. Mm-hmm. I'm spinning around, and this is what I see. 
how do I know what's really beyond at any moment in time? So, but, but here's here's the thing, though. Here's what I was thinking. It's it's the whole idea is if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise? Okay. Um, if you had a microphone there, it would. If you had a camera there, it would. You know, stuff has happened throughout history that we know about. Sure. I mean, was World War II fought just for my benefit? For every history book I've ever read, it mentions World War II. I mean, it just doesn't seem right. But there's a lot of evidence. Uh, they're coming up with a lot of evidence, thinking that um, it's 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 not what we think. That it's that it's some kind of a I don't know. We I mean, we say computer program, but if someone can do something like this. A computer program is, um, you know, a, a, a speck in the ocean. Very strange. We'll, we'll, we the should. Matrix, man. Yeah, see, Some I've never seen. Say, I didn't want to watch the Matrix. There might be a religious background to it. That everything we that we experience or that we will do is preordained from whichever god you might believe yeah, in, yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. a supreme being you may or may not believe in. It's preordained that this is going to happen to you. Whether you like it or not, I mean, you think you're choosing your own path, but it's not. It's really being laid out for you by. Uh, yeah, like like there's no coincidences. Things right. it, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to end up. It's not where, a coincidence. It's, it's synchronicity. It, you're you're in sync with some other entity, and that's what's going on. Um, right. I mean, think of um, like um. Yeah, what 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 could a coincidence be? Think about it for a second. Like like um, deja vu. Someone once said, "Well, what it is is just for a moment, your thought goes through your your memory, the memory part of your brain, and then gets to the present part of your brain." You know what I mean? So it's in your memory first. Um, but this guy said, "Well, you know, that's just you know, like a a, a blip in the program. Like coincidences, when you think about them, and everyone's had them. I've had some unbelievable coincidences, and you just say, when it happens, you just say, how? How did that happen? You know what I mean? You feel like you're like in another place or something, you know, another place. It it was just so odd that it happens that you think something's going to happen, and boom, it's there. I have never experienced deja vu. Is that right? Yeah, switchy. Really? Yeah, I, I think it might be because of the aluminum foil I wear under my clothes, but uh, I could do that's it. not a, a given. <laughs> yeah, w- w- no, really, I have never, uh, you know, I, I, I know about it. People talk about it a lot, but I have never in my entire life experienced mm. deja vu. I have, not not recently, but as uh, a younger person, I, I did. Raven, do you? Have you? Do you? Yeah, um, I'm sorry. You know who's here? Who? LL is here. Yeah, put him on. Put LL on. Into yeah. my house. Is that um, I can hear someone? Tim and Mr. Raven are having like a, the loudest conversation, which is why I muted myself. Um, but yes, I have experienced deja vu, not so much as an adult. Yeah, more, more when I was younger. Yes, me too. And I think it's just because, like, as you you know, as you age, like you get jaded, and you just don't really pay attention as much. I don't think as you do like when you're younger, and it's like, oh, that's strange. Like strange. I remember, you know what I mean? Like it kind of sticks with you. Yep. Um, Yep. But yeah. See, it's like um, people say, well, I was thinking of that person and the phone rings and it's them. Okay. But, you know, sometimes yeah. um, <clears throat> it's not a great leap that they are calling you. You know, they might call you around that time every day anyway or whatever. And, you know, the phone rings and you know it's them. It's when the person you haven't talked to in a long, long time, you're thinking about them and the phone rings and then it's them. That's really strange. But, you know, just right. in, in the other thing we go into is, um, this thing called spooky action at a distance, which we were talking about before too. And and what it is is um, if you have two atoms, 
next to each other, two particles, call them two electron atoms, and you, you took your finger and you hit one and you pinged it and it started vibrating, mm -hmm. its companion would vibrate too, whether it was an inch apart or whether the universe separated them. And they have no idea how that could work because that is much, much, much faster than the speed of light. Something else is going on there, you know. And so what these people say is, well, you know, that's we have found a glitch in the system and that the speed of light is just their own arbitrary governor to say nothing can go faster than this, but indeed lots of things can go faster than this. Um, it's a scary it, – it, it's thought-provoking, you know. And I got, I got to watch it again. It's a little weird – the guy has like a goldfish who talks to him. It's a little strange. Which guy are you talking about? And I don't even know who it is. He talks like Tucker Carlson gave him vocal lessons. You know, he's very irritating the way he talks. But I got to agree with that. Yeah, um, it's the Y. It's the Y files, right? The Y the files. Yeah, W H Y files. Yeah, mm. it's on YouTube, and it they're really interesting. I just I love the goldfish, but I'm yeah. The goldfish know, is kind of like I'm a wise ass goldfish. Person, so the goldfish, I look at that, and you know my serotonin goes way up. Um, mm -hmm. But I I, I got to watch the video again myself because yeah. I love that theory so like much. Me. And the that show I've probably mentioned it before on here. Um, what is it? Paranormal caught on camera, and mm -hmm. it's that that show where people. Um, send their own video clips in of sure. it, it could be any cryptids, ghosts, you know, anything like that. And they there have been like segments they've done that are the the quote unquote glitches in the matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you oh, yeah, can't yeah. Explain this stuff like, and it's on camera, and you can't explain it. It'd be funny if that they do have a uh, that the super duper super duper program still has glitches in it. I think it'd be interesting, you know. Like some geek is sitting up there in outer space saying, uh-oh. Yeah. Well, all the programmers that would be around to fix that glitch all retired early since... Uh, oh, they got rid of them. The big C. And, you know, they or they got beamed up or something. They're nowhere to be found. Beamed up. So anyway, so... <laughs> beamed up. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now and we'll get the hopefully... Um, Club will be joining us and also Dr. Bob Gross um, because he's someone who knows a lot about mylar. And mylar is a thing that they um, construct a lot of um, balloons on uh, with. And um, he has been on the show before saying that there's a very good chance that, um, spoiler alert, that the crash um, in Roswell was basically uh, one of these spy balloons, that, but it was one of ours. And in the coverage of this balloon, this Chinese balloon that was drifting over the U.S., Someone actually said that, you know, if you remember back to Roswell, a lot of evidence points that the crash site in Roswell was actually a crashed balloon site now. And so many years later, we have another one. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. And then Switchy has a report on a, um, like a vintage report from Flying Saucer Review. Is that the name of the mag? Yeah, from, from the middle 70s. The Flying Saucer Review was the uh, publication from Britain starting in 1955. Mm -hmm. It was the pr premier publication for uh, uh, this kind of information and uh, quality uh, uh, publication for many, many years. Is it still around? I'm going to say no. I don't think so. I, I've, I actually subscribed to it a couple times in the last several years. They, their, their focus seemed to be changed more to the... Uh, the contactee ideas, oh, really? the classic uh, contactees, you know, uh, Venusians and, and all, all that sort of thing. Uh, uh, long haired uh, Venusians, uh, the Aryan mm -hmm. type, which actually is going to come up in this uh, uh, report. Uh, mm -hmm. 
That's interesting how people used to see aliens back then. They were like these beautiful people from Sweden and Norway, the Scandinavians, and all of a sudden after, I guess after close encounters, uh, everyone expects greys these days, you know? Well, well, they took off their elevator shoes and their wigs. And, they <laughs> and that's what they're left with? Okay. <laughs> well, it looks like it still exists. They just sent the link out. Well, they, they do oh, show up in, 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 at times. Uh, yeah. But, but some of the early ones were... Uh, some of those claims were a little dubious, really, uh, yeah. I would say. Hmm. Well, anyway, speaking of dubious, why don't we uh, run a few ads now, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Mike Maloney's Miltrax on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. He says, I know you'd like to talk to a total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. <laughs> but I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of Juan Juan, only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codename Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney. On sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. I'm going to go off that topic just a touch. Okay. Now, there has been for many years the biggest uh, Porsche swap meet 
in the world happens in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. And it happens in the parking lot of Hershey Park. Yes. And it's early. It's like in April. Yes. So it, it happens way before the park is really open and crazy. Uh, so for years, they've scheduled a certain week every year. And then um, it, it turned that it, it ended up being on a like a holiday. Okay, Easter. Yes. Or, you know, so a lot of the people were complaining they couldn't go to Hershey to do the swap meet. Okay. Because it was falling on a holiday. They had to be home for, with their family. Yes. So they tried getting Hershey Park to give them the week before. Okay. Yes. And what they found out was that there is a group of people that rent that area, that parking, those parking lots. Okay. And this is big. We're talking thousands of people. I know where this is going. Go ahead. These, the people that rent it the week before yep. at Hershey are a group of people who buy those life-size yes. latex dolls. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. they bring them on oh. vacation with them. Now, hang on. Okay. It's a cheap date. They, <laughs> they, no, these things are four grand. Oh, I see. Or okay. better. Yes. These right. are thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, these are expensive. I know exactly. They're very lifelike. How would you know? Of all of us, why would you know? Right. So, anyway, they uh, these guys bring them to the hotels around the area, and they... Put them in bikinis and bring them out to the bath uh, to the uh, swimming pools, and they dress them to take them to dinner. No, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that they go out there with the with the with yeah, the, the dolls. They take them to the pool and hang out with them, and they and they sit them together. You know, the women dolls in a pool <laughs> in bikinis and stuff. Stop, stop, stop. No, I'm serious. But how could how Mac? Could... You you're kidding. You've never heard of this. They have guys bringing rubber dolls to no, pools no, rubber, and to dinner. You know, I had no idea this even was a thing. But apparently, there's thousands of them. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal, you know. And they show them off, and they buy. But the, don't you think it's a little odd to walk into a restaurant with, oh, a, with an inanimate object? With I big... think it's insanity. But yeah, okay, all right. To each his own. Okay. Now, um, they're also. Do they talk? I don't think they talk, but they do a lot of other things. They don't they really? Uh, okay. Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete. Do you have any questions or comments or requests for the X-Files gang? Then just go to MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and send us a message. That's MacMaloney.com, and don't forget to hit the contact button. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Millitrax Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, the show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, let me introduce you to our expanded posse girls. Here comes one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Glad to be here. Girls. Switchblade Steve Wood is here as well. Switchy. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. There you go. Going for the Gilf market there. Uh, no Cobra tonight. Sorry, Gil Smilson. Gigi Gills. He'll be joining us soon. However, our good friend up there in Sideways, New York, Raven, is with us. Raven, how are you? Hi, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very, wearing some very fashionable glasses. Fashionable glasses, would you say, right? I am. I got my new glasses after uh, seven years. Seven years. Okay. All right. Um, wh- wh- why the uh, wait? Are they why- prescription glasses? <laughs> I was going to say, why the wait? Yeah, they, they were prescription, and I just kept like, not getting new ones mm-hmm. and it was finally for seven years just, wow no, yeah no. i just kept you know i put it off for there is. just a couple months mm-hmm. you know you get a hole in your tooth yeah you put off going to the dentist right 
Yeah, just put that off. Uh, also joining us is our security chief, Willie Club. Hi, Mac. In all Great his visual glory. Hello, Club. Hi to all. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks pretty good there tonight. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Everyone? Wear your glasses. Well, the only thing I, I have to make a comment, I, I hate to do it, but Switchy, you know, there, there's something there tonight, you know. And, but anyways, I it's was thinking you this week, and I, I'll just say briefly, but. Go ahead. The other night, I was uh, watching a show on TV. I think it was CNN or something. And they had on this noted psychiatrist. Okay. And anyways, guess what he was talking? It caught my ear because he started talking about men's hair systems. <laughs> and ahead. he was saying how uh, he's, and he's, this guy's well known, I guess, uh, around the psychiatry world. But Go ahead. he said that uh, he's had, uh, he, he found significant fi- things from his findings of men who, uh, who have uh, very good uh, hair systems like yours? <laughs> that number one, increase in self confidence. Wow, switchy. More aggressive. Mm-hmm. They come out of their shell. Comes out of their shell. Well, look at him. Look at yeah. And he and uh, and I and he has no connection with any hair systems. Because the first thing he said is, "Wait, Club, are you saying he doesn't own the company?" Well, hang on. No, he because someone had asked. He said, "Are you have any connection?" Oh, not at all. No, no. financial. He said. These are findings that I went through. And he said, it's funny how a lot of people who, as uh, soon as a lot of men particularly, they got those hair systems, yep. they changed dramatically overnight, very positive. And, and I wanted to ask you, what do you think of that? Because I'm really curious. Well, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't take any prisoners, pal. <laughs> okay, all right. Said the man with three cats. Well, uh, let me use the psychiatrist's name in case you want to get a hold of him. So let me know after the show. We uh, that, that's all right. I'm I'm the I'm not only the president. I own the company. Oh, there you go. Okay, and we can tell. Listen, we have a real doctor with us here. Doctor Bob Gross Hello. is joining us. Hey, Doctor Bob, how are you? Pretty good. Hello, everyone. Okay. Good to see you again. Hello, Doctor. Out there, what Richard. are you a doctor of? I'm a doctor of education with a major in music education. There you oh. go. Wow. Wowie. Okay, wow. out there in Chicago, the toddle in town. I love Chicago. Chicago's a great city. Is That's it still a great city? There. I've been I was there a few years ago, but it's still cool, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really it's kind getting of, cooler. It's getting cooler. That's, Actually it's getting warmer. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the sixties I used to hang out because I was stationed uh in the military there for a while. Uh, old town. Oh yes, uh, old town man. Oh, yeah. we saw BB King and all those. Yeah, guys. yeah, where all those like, uh, clubs are. Yeah. Oof. All the time. So anyway, so um, we're here tonight. We just want to talk a little bit about this. Is oh, I just want to say that uh, Raven, do you have the uh, top ten in front of you? Still in front of you? Because I thought Club would be interested. In, I think number, what number six was. Let me get it real quick. Yeah, the top oh, ten. Yes. I love your top ten. The top ten was. I thought I lucked out tonight. No, the, the top 10 was top 10 reasons Juan Juan might live in an alternate universe. Okay? Top 10 reasons. And what was number, uh, it must have been six or seven. Six was in JJ's universe, switch has hair. See? Oh, wow. so, <laughs> uh, at multi number of universes, as they say, an infinite number, he has hair in many, many, many of them, right? Isn't that how the theory would go? Switch, I'm asking you. Uh, that's a question that uh, is uh, is a little bit too philosophical. Okay, let me favorite. ask you. Yeah, let me ask you something here. You, you take no prisoners. What's the name of the cat there in the background? You have? 
uh, bliss. Okay, all right. We can move well, wait on. Wait a minute. How Let's do you move on. Cat? It could be some kind of marsupial. Yeah, without a pouch. <laughs> That's right, could be. <laughs> So anyway, could be a leprechaun at all. We know what we wanted to. What we wanted to talk about was um, uh, what happened uh, in uh, the U.S. just recently. Whenever you're listening to the show, the Chinese had this um, balloon that um, kind of quote unquote wandered across the Pacific and then across the United States, uh, passing over a number of uh, U.S. military installations, and then uh, finally the. Um, they shot it down off the coast of Carolina, South Carolina, and they've retrieved it. And uh, this is what was going on for this week. And, of course, you got people on one side saying you shouldn't have shot it down, and other people on the other side saying it took too long to shoot it down. You know, they, they argue about anything these days. The fact is that this thing you know, uh, came across, I guess you would call it our airspace. It was, it was like 12 miles high. It was pretty big. Um, but it hit, and it was solar-powered. It had solar panels on it. But... Yeah, exactly what this thing was carrying, they're going to find out. And I'm just going to say from China's point of view, this is a big, big embarrassment for them in that, first of all, we live in an age of satellites. And Dr. Blob, for some reason, you know, I, maybe you can chime in on this. We live in an age of satellites. You know, if you have a balloon, first of all, you're going to get spotted like you were. And it's a very kind of bargain basement way to spy on somebody because, you know, people are going to see you and it, and it leads to things like this. Um, and it turned out that there were U-2 spy planes circling this thing across the United States anyway, interfering with it, so it wasn't spying at all. So it, 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 it just is something that looks bad, um, it's, you know, for, for the Chinese. But so, uh, Dr. Bob, though, you know about balloons. You know what they're made of. Mylar is something that's been around for a long, long time. A lot of balloons are made yes. of this stuff. Do you think they're still made of mylar or some kind of mylar? substance mylar is still going strong in the aerospace manufacturing business very strong they still have it yeah. hmm. now they're not necessarily in the shape of balloons but uh, you know with the what they are calling solar panels now mm-hmm. yes they're, they're basically and i was surprised when i was doing some research for the show one time that mylar even though it's going by a little different name, but and it's still being uh, put out by Dupont. Mm-hmm. There, it it it's strong. And it, if it wasn't for Mylar, we wouldn't have a space program. So, w- what is it? It's not a rubber. I once mis uh, miscalled it a rubber. <laughs> wow! Hang on, hang on. Wait. <laughs> hey, hey, wow. <laughs> I once the called old it. Name. <laughs> yeah, the old name. Um, I once called it rubber, and I used the wrong term. Right? It's not really rubber, right? Or is it? No, it's actually uh, it's a plastic. Mm-hmm. It, it's but it was uh, in, invented actually. That first started to come out way back in the 1920s huh. when Dupont was doing experiments with uh, polyester and polyethylene. Mm-hmm. So it was it's that old. And mm-hmm. actually, what we think of today as being Myler started back around 1941. Okay. Which they called it uh, polyethylene terephthalate mm-hmm. film or PET film. And, and what it, it was able to contain helium? I mean, I'm assuming these things have helium. Helium. Well, in them. It, it, you know, they were experimenting with because it, of, of the plastics, and they really didn't even have technically what was called plastic yet back then. Mm-hmm. Well, still, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so they, but it, it was a very strong, very light 
It was a flexible material. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. What, which Mac, was kind of like you know. Speaking of that, you, you remember when we were kids, we used to get the rubbers and you'd blow them up like balloons. Wait a minute, hold on. What and, were you using them for? They were well they, when you had extra ones or whatever. But why would you have guys, extra? They, they were very strong and they. Just, oh really? Like yes. Balloons. I think it's the same. I think they were made of the same material. <laughs> Probably. Hey, you never know. Dupont has a hand in everyone's pants. <laughs> yeah, they had. Uh, they were making balloons, not rubbers of rubber. Okay. They were making balloons of rubber even back, you know, during 1946 when they started doing the experiments with them, mm-hmm. and they were finding that poly, uh, the polyethylene was the best material for balloons. Right. So, so this thing that they uh, just shot down, uh, it was uh, about 60,000 feet over the United States, and uh, we were talking earlier how. This is not the first time one of these balloons has come across the United States, but as was released with this incident, that, as I said before, U-2 planes were constantly circling it and interfering with its any electronics on it. So it didn't, you know, it didn't find anything. It didn't really kind of snoop on or get much of anything, and then they shoot it down, so we have it all anyway. But for, and number one, would, do you think this thing was filled with helium, or what else would it be? Again, they could have been— uh, uh, helium could have been one of the types of gases that were in there. They may have been using a type of a, a hot air as well, like mm-hmm. they do, like in Albuquerque when they have the hot air balloon festival. Oh, right, yes. They have these huge furnaces like that start up the balloon and get it going. But it didn't have one of those things, uh, you know, um, no. a gondola, let's say, underneath it. And I'll tell you, when they when the missile oh. hit it, they they shoot a sidewinder missile at it. What happens is. Basically, the, the the missile blows up right next to it, and there's like thousands of pieces of shrapnel, okay? Right. So when it hit it, it was gone. I mean, it was just, you know, blew up. There was nothing left, you know? But anyway, it, it, it made a debris field. I found out 35 miles long, okay? Wow. And all little pieces of yeah. debris. A lot of, it was in, a lot of it was in one section, but when people see the Roswell debris field, that was also like really, really, really big, you know? Right. But it just proves that these things can— if, if things come down from the sky, they can be when once they hit, they can be scattered everywhere. You know. Yeah, that's uh, you know that happens quite a bit with especially the early days and the back in around forty seven or so forty six when they were doing the experiments with the balloons mm-hmm. and they didn't know what they were working with. Yes. Uh, a lot of these balloons uh, were exploding, uh, and, and they. they they had a heating problem with the balloons too, especially if they were launching them in New Mexico, yep. because they they could have a uh, an issue where because uh, the gas or whatever they were using in the balloons could leak out. Yeah, yeah, funny. So that that's then those balloons would start to come back down again. Yeah, that was a problem. And then then they would land on the desert floor and pick up heat again, and then they'd go back up. Oh wow, huh? So they could never find the things again. Oh, that's crazy. Hey, uh, Club, go ahead. Mark, here's an interesting statistic, if I can just jump in. Go ahead. Um, almost half of the recent UFO UAP sightings over the last few years have been uh, uh, balloons mm. or balloon-like entities. Yes, yeah. That? Oh, that's, there was like 360-something sightings over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Over 160 were these balloons or balloon-type entities. Right, because— so, 
this isn't, you know, this has been going on for a while. It's going, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of balloons floating from, around up there. From the get-go. From when, the get-go. When you look up in the sky and you see something that's round, when you look at it, it could be saucer-shaped. You know what I mean? It might actually right. look flat to you, you know? And they're way up there. I can remember as a kid, a long time ago, just, you know, the neighborhood just all of a sudden out there with binoculars and stuff. We were looking straight up, and you could just see this thing. It was just, I can remember a kid saying it was round as hell, you know? And... We live near the uh, Weymouth Naval Air Station, kind of, and we found out they used to uh, release weather balloons there, like all the time, you know, all the time. Just so, you know, and we happen to see one of them. But yeah, I can see balloons being a lot of people mistaking balloons for UFOs, and it just goofs up, you know, the real sightings, you know. Because yeah. people say, well, uh, just- back a, several decades ago, there was a report of a balloon-like object, and when they focused in on it, it said. UFO on the side. Somebody had a sense <laughs> okay. of UFO. Okay. It's just branding. That's all. Branding. <laughs> wow, huh? So um, um, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, what do you do if, like, another one of these balloons, you know, comes floating over? Do you shoot that down as well? And, I mean, what are you going to do with the balloon law? Um, it's just funny how, I don't know, we talked about last week, before we go to a commercial, we talked about last week how, when the UN when the UN got together there about two months ago, and they always have to have something like a rallying cry, like a reason. It's always like end world hunger and stuff. Uh, this year is like um, what was it? Chronic global chronic global crisis or something like that. Like in other words, you know we're screwed. The, the, the world has never been in a situation like this when you're not like in an all out law. You have all this stuff. You have this one law going, but it has all these really weird economic st- things going. You know, here in the United States where you can't hire enough people, you know, for a lot of jobs. That's like everywhere. It's like, where did these people go? I don't understand it, you know. But where we live, a lot of, like, restaurants are closed down two or three days a week because they just can't get the help. That's, like, worldwide. They can't find the help. They yeah. all got beamed up. But where did they go? Right. That's the I can't the imagine they all decided to retire and uh, live off the fat of the land. And they be what? say a lot of it has to do with early retirements. Is that and right? A yeah. lot of people. People, once COVID came on, they, they said, that's it. And mm-hmm. they retired and didn't come back to the workforce after that. Okay. Uh, I've seen that on the business channel as one of the major reasons why they think people have disappeared. Right. But you can't retire at 30. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, no, but you know how many people were yeah, in the- Yeah, you can't. You, you know what the largest group is right now? Go ahead. It's the 65 plus group. Okay. okay. You know, so I can see them hanging it them, up. Yeah, yeah. but one one wants well, to know- I want to know where all the hot twenty-year-old waitresses went. I mean, obviously <laughs> exactly. they didn't. Uh, I left that all behind, man. They didn't retire. I mean, you know. I think they're in that alternate universe. Uh, I was just about to say, I'm, you know, hoping to never retire, and you know, the simulation will just take me on my take merry on. way. Go ahead. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's my long-term yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. I like that. Wow. So anyway, so uh, that's interesting. Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this and continue the fun. You're listening to Macaloney's Milk Tracks, and I'll show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. Please stay tuned. Eight weeks later, he's ready to absolutely kill this guy because he's got these little hickeys all over his body from the wiffle ball. That's what he said. Okay, wow. Wow. So another story in the annals of the Coast Guard history. He's running around a wiffle ball bat. Right? Crack, cracking the troops. Right, let me ask let me ask Dr. Bob something uh, real Uh-oh. quick before serious, we get something into something serious, Dr. Right. Bob. Dr. Bob, you're you're familiar with the character Popeye, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what military branch was he in? He was in the Navy. Da, ba, 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 ba. Sorry, Doc. 
you need to go look that up on the internet. I'm going to give you one opportunity to do some research because you're a sharp guy. And this you don't information. Need, it, it doesn't involve a, a phone. Take a look. 1927, <laughs> United States Coast Guard. Stop the Coast name. Guard? Coast Guard? No, no, no. This is not right. This is disinformation. Doc, you are the impartial source. You look on the internet and you tell me if that if my claim is correct. Off here. Now, listen, it's getting a little sad now, as it turns out. Look, everyone knows he's popped by the sailor man. And what are Coast Guardsmen? They're not sailors. Uh, no, they're the Coast Guard guys. I mean, when you say sailor, you say so, U.S. Navy. So a soldier is not a soldier. Let me ask you a this. A Marine is not a Marine. No, let me ask you this. Anytime in the cartoons, what kind of uniform is he wearing? He's wearing the same uniform that he's the wearing, Coast Guard wore. No, he's wearing white. He's always in the white sailor uniform. And the Coast Guard had that. Oh, just a coincidence. Okay, this just rages and on. If you, and if you look on the earlier... The first cartoons that featured Popeye, okay. he wore the blue, the dark blue top. I'm not. Yeah, I, oh, I'm, no, I thought it was more of an olive color. See, see, oh, he's in the eye. Anyway. Well, Doc, <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know any sailor yeah. that ever wore we an olive color. Did we start the segment? <laughs> no, we didn't. We no, we didn't. Okay. All right. All right. Too bad. That was good stuff. Right? This is an ongoing yeah. debate. Why haven't hasn't this debate been solved? It's. I presented was all the information. He's in the Navy. That's I presented why. all the information, and then Matt goes, "It's not true." Except when Matt goes online and shows something, like when he assigns one of you know one of his assignments, and then it's burning bush. Anything, I get it. I, I, I completely understand. Anything this. I've seen on the internet indicates Popeye was in the I, Navy. I even sent you the video clip from YouTube where he says, "Stop in the name of the United States Coast Guard." That's the, the, one of the first that could have been fate. It could have been faked very easily. Well, right after, right song? after the Popeye right Popeye the Sailor Man. See, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Come right? On. Does he say Popeye the Sailor Man? I'm in the U.S. Navy. No, we no, don't have a, to. No, but he's a Sailor Man. He's a Sailor Man. And does he say I'm Popeye the Coast Guard Man? And you're telling me that the Coast Guard. I live men in a garbage are, can. See, the Coast Guard right? men are not sailors, is what you're saying now. Is that not the word? Yeah, no. I love this because this is the same show. No, 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 no. Time the frig out. This is the part I really love best. I used to hear this from the navy oh uh puddle pirates you need to be six feet tall to be I'm in the not coast the, why, why do you assume and here that i I'm... am here i am the single ship off the coast of no, antarctica no. there isn't another ship in sight no That's... navy ship showing up navy airplanes showing <laughs> Come up. On. but now I'm we're not, not no no i'm not disparaging the coast guard i love the coast guard but we're not sailors got it uh, no, absolutely great. No, no but I'm, I'm saying like the, the, you know, if you ask 99 percent of the people you ask are going to say what the sailor mean and means he's in the navy. I don't know what they call coast guardsmen, coast guardsmen. So if you're a merchant seaman, you're not a sailor. If, if you're, you're a, a soldier, seaman. you're in the army, correct? Right. Okay. All right. Well, when you say to people he's a soldier, where do they assume he is? Right. So what do you say for someone who goes to sea in a military vessel? He's a sailor. He's in. The... If he's in a merchant nope, fleet, he's a sailor. Coast guardsman. Yes. Well, right. uh, it, it, another county heard from uh, someone who well, didn't I, serve in the Coast Guard. Now you're telling me what it, it is. I, it says here, Navy personnel are called sailors. Yes. Those in the Marines are called Marines. The Coast Guard calls its people Coast Guardsmen. Thank you for the, the clarification. The National Guard uses whatever branch. Of the there you go. What more do you need to know? I think that solves it. I, I am so proud. Obviously, you got the true internet, no, and the listen. internet that I showed was the lie. Well, internet. you're in like the dark net. No, but I got the, I got the, you're in the dark network. Right. I'm in the regular network. Listen, let's do this. Let's do this. If, 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 just, Mac, if, I, just have, I have absolutely had it with this whole discussion <laughs> no, because no. I took the time to lay it all out. I went and showed you Task and Purpose, which is one of the best military sites, and they came oh, out God. and they gave the complete clarification. Not good enough. No, 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 no any of that could be completely what? fake. Let me no, just why is it not? <laughs> Listen, let me just ask you one thing. Let me, if we prove to you that we're right, let's just, okay? How are you going to prove to me? No, let, let's just, that is to be announced, okay? Will you go to the um, 
to that to the casino, the Boston Casino, right in Everett, because you know they have a statue of Popeye in the front door. If you can believe this, Doctor Bob, you do forty-eight million dollars. This thing is worth forty-eight eight million dollars. Made of jewels. This freaking guy made a statue of Popeye for forty-eight million dollars. How insane! Wow. Is that? It's a lot of spinach. Could have given it, 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 given it to, uh, the, the, to Dr. Bob doing the material. It's excellent. So, anyways, I think sorry. the issue I'm is sorry. resolved. Yeah, I do too. Resolved. I consider it's oh. okay. Uh, Coco, you can't win every battle. I, I'm glad you guys think you're right. Okay. God bless you all. You're wrong. You ready? I. I. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that as a Coast Guardsman, check with Club. Club, look that up on your. Light web. Oh. If I'm allowed to say that, I I getting nasty wow. now. Now I gotta cut that. Oh, out. you want to talk sailor? Let's talk like a <laughs> sailor, there, big guy. Poor loser. Wow. Ooh. Oh, loser. Oh, oh wow. loser. You want to bring that game? Can I stop the segment, please? All right, time, please. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Step riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps, unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? 
Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you lived with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codenamed Starman. Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Mac's exciting new series, Codenamed Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, the Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Ronnie Wild with a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, girls, very famous Wawan is here. Hello, everybody. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. It's been fun so far. No Coco. So far. Keywords. So far. Um, no Coco here tonight, but Switchblade Steve Ward is here. National correspondent. Uh, great to be here tonight. Okay, and you uh, you ate. What's the name of the place? Would they want to get into a partnership with us? Uh, uh, the, <laughs> the Corner Cafe. Yeah. Okay. How much was it? Did we get into that? You had a, like a huge. Oh, it was uh, eleven dollars and some odd cents. Oh, and uh, you allowed to tip at this place? Yes. You left five bucks. I hope. I I gave her a twenty. Oh wow! <laughs> For what? Well, they went, they went For uh, what? above and beyond. I, mean, oh. I, I barely before they lost power. I, I almost didn't get my breakfast. Get but food. they, uh, you know, that's a, a sample of that ear of self confidence. Oh, you're right. You know, that's what comes with that thing on his head. It's just... but I hadn't, uh, you know, uh, owned the hair club for men or, or some, uh, you know, affiliate. Uh, okay. uh, you know, okay. I probably would have done it. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> uh, so any tales from West Virginia. So listen, if they want to get into a um, you know, a thing with us, which you maybe can, we can. Is it'll be like that Donut Land they used to frequent? What was the name of that place? Uh, that was um. Uh... <laughs> wow, they named a donut after you. And you don't no, remember? I don't think they did. I think, yes, uh, they did. Know, they were talking about it, but there's just a lot of talk. You yeah. know? <laughs> In a donut world, you got to put up. Uh, what was the name of them? Uh, they were nice people, but. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. What yeah. the heck was that? Huh. Yeah, I forgot. But anyway, but anyway, so, uh, well, listen, the whole gang is here. I introduced everybody. Dr. Bob, I introduced you, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, we're talking. We've been talking a whole bunch of, about a whole bunch of stuff tonight, and um, I just want to throw out the club for a second. Um, so we we talk a lot, especially like off here, um, about asteroids. Okay, and you keep saying, uh, "Why don't we put your bumper in right here?" Reporting the latest in the U.S. military's new investigation into UFOs and what they still aren't telling you. It's time for the Club Report. You said uh, a couple times in the show they're they're priming us. They're slowly educating us to asteroids, and the whole idea of asteroids. I think most people know what they are, but they, but you know, and I suppose a few people know that. You know, several times in the Earth's history, they've hit the planet and like wiped everything out, and you know, changed the way life actually, you know, existed on the planet. But since you've said that, now all it seems like on the news every day, there's a story about an asteroid here, another asteroid here. Hey, we found this asteroid. It came close, thirty thousand miles there, and it's almost like wow, there is a lot of asteroid talk, let's say, out there these days. Is and that's part of the plan, would you say, Club? Well. You know, that's my opinion on this whole thing. You know, uh, as you know, I do a lot of monitoring of the Space Command and all that. And uh, so much uh, is happening now as far as asteroids, uh, as far as the government putting uh, funding into it. As I mentioned, uh, you know, at our last uh, discussion, you know, they've now come up and developed this new NEO survey, uh, which is a space telescope Similar to the, um, the web and, and out there, um, and this is designed just for looking out there for um, different types of asteroids and comets. Now, as I mentioned, it's not ready yet. It's going to be a couple more years, but it's passed this last test. But they just put a billion, two, I believe it was, dollars into development of this thing. So they're getting real serious, and uh, they're... They throw little things out, like you say, now and again. Um, so we, I think we ought to start looking more at this. And, you know, my whole argument here is, you know, what's more deadly to uh, the Earth? Is it aliens or is it uh, asteroids? Mm. And I continue in my argument to say that the proof's in the pudding as far as with the government, where the government's looking, what we're starting to hear about. Mm. And uh, to me, you know, like I always say, I, I don't know of anyone that talked about ever being harmed by any type of alien life. There's been no report on that in our history. Mm-hmm. But go ask the dinosaurs about asteroids. Yes, right? Right. So, um, but I, I did want to just cover on uh, just now the last month, there's been uh, two asteroids that buzzed the Earth, mm. which is no big deal. But the, the, the thing here is both of them came closer than many satellites. 
Wow. We're talking one of them That's was close. About 5,000 yeah. feet up, and the other one the other day, a week ago, was 2,200 feet up. 22,000. Now, 22,000. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what are they burning up? 2,200. 2,200. I'm sorry, they're miles. Yeah, okay, 5, but are they burning up? The first one. Are they? And the second one was 2,200 miles. Okay. The most recent one. It's really now, close. The important thing there is, first of all, they, they were small. I mean, one was the size of a truck. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they, as far as being a danger to the earth, there's no issue there. The problem is that this is a whole new thing now. They're starting to come closer than ever. And they're finding, and there's a little concern that it could have to do with the uh, atmosphere here. That... Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, normally the gravity uh, changes the trajectory of these asteroids. Mm -hmm. However, like the last two, particularly the one I just mentioned is called the 2023 BU. That came so close to our planet, and the reason was that it, it had an orbit around the sun that changed its trajectory. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it wasn't the normal no activity that happens when they get close to us that um, gravity changes it. So the concern now is uh, we only know about 10% of them that are out there, first of all. But maybe, you know, we can't laugh and say, oh, they're going to go 500 miles, 500 million miles away, and mm -hmm. so don't worry about it. Now that all of a sudden we're starting to see a trend that these are getting closer to us, even though they're small, um, I don't think the government's going to say much yet, but I think we got to start thinking about that. You know, if, if there really is a change in the way we're protected from these, uh, uh, you know, asteroids and comets, mm -hmm. uh, we we got to give it a lot of thought. And, and maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe that's one of the reasons our military and our government is putting uh, all the resources, a lot more resources now into trying to, locate them, and also to slowly uh, give more information about them. Mm -hmm. You know, so, the original thought was, oh, they just want to get away from UFOs. They, want to, they don't want us to know more mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't buy it. So anyways, Matt, I just wanted to bring that up, those two concerns of the first two uh, close encounters just in the last two months right. in what may be uh, a significant change in the way that they uh, – repelled from the earth last year nasa did this experiment which worked it took a long time to develop a long time for this rocket to get to uh, the small asteroid out there it hit it and it knocked it off its course it, it it nudged it literally nudged it but they did it and it was you know far distance away from the earth so it was really kind of a technological thing and this would be a way that you would protect the earth from asteroids because you don't blow them up you nudge them off course. If you blow them up, you get you know a million little asteroids. But this thing, as we've discussed before, is this dot thing was almost like a one-time thing. It took a long time to develop, and it also takes a long time for it to get out to the asteroid. If you know what I mean. And and you know you're you're in a time crunch here. If you see an asteroid coming, and it's going to hit in two years, and it takes you three years to build one of these things, then we're screwed, right? They estimate that they need 10 years lead time. 10 years. Based on current technology. May I add something? Yeah, go ahead, Dr. Bob Gross, please. Yes. Uh, back in 2006, when I was uh, working with NASA on the Ares project, mm -hmm. 
the, the whole idea, idea of the uh, Aries program was to go from the Earth, side of the Earth, to the moon. Then they were going to go from the moon to Mars. Mm-hmm. And they were going to mine Mars. My, yeah, mine. Yeah, okay. And right. there was, then they were finding out that there were certain gases and and heavy metals and so forth that were on uh, Mars. Yeah, you know, that they they could actually use. Mm-hmm. And actually, recently, I, I was reading some uh, research that says that some asteroids have more heavy metals than the whole Earth does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So they would mine an asteroid, which would be. Right, eventually, they're thinking to leave Earth so humans have a second planet to live on. Yeah, yeah, and you need this stuff. Wow, wow. That's why I mean, that's the plan now, kind of with this Artemis uh, rocket. They, you know, they're going to go to the moon. They're going to establish like a colony on the moon, and then the, from the moon, they're going to launch a rocket to Mars because it's easier to do a heavy lift rocket yes. on the moon because there's less gravity than it is to Mars. But it, it's kind of like all these pool balls constantly in motion, like around the sun, and you have to shoot something in this direction. So when time passes, you're going to intercept it. You're going to rendezvous with it, you know, like years later, you know, sometimes years later. Um, and it's going to be the same thing with Mars. When these people, when they take off from the moon, I, I still think it's like a year, a year to get to Mars. So you're going to be in, a, in one of those capsules for a year. Then you're going to land. And you're gonna you can, be not in a hurry, so to say. You're just gonna, yeah, I guess you're gonna, you're gonna, and you're gonna be there a year, and then it's gonna take you a year to come back, and that's if everything goes okay. So it's about uh, the commuting on the Orange Line is going really? these days. It's, it'll <laughs> right. take you a while to get a year there. to year. Yeah, <laughs> the green line. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, it, it seems like a funny way to do it, but you know, I guess they're doing it. But, but just going back to the balloon real quick, and we're gonna take a uh, commercial break. Coming up real quick is. You know, do you agree with me? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, maybe I'm, you know, full of hot air. But don't you agree that using balloons? Full of hot air. <laughs> Hang on. Better than hot air. Not helium. Um, <laughs> don't you think, Doctor Bob? I'll just ask you. I guess don't you think that using balloons in 2023 is just is a little, I don't want to say embarrassing, but a little, you know, showing your skirt in a little way that you you don't have. Technology, I'll, you know. I said to someone, "What do you think we have flying over China on a daily basis?" Okay, it's some kind of you know weird, you know, YouTube ramjet spy plane. You know, who knows what it is? Okay, and they're sending balloons. Doesn't that look bad? Kind of like in the international arena, doesn't it? Dr. Bob, I'm asking you because it but, seems like well, you would know. Yeah, well, they they have. I'm sure they have a, a plan for these balloons, and. It may be to draw our attention away from what they're really doing. Mm-hmm. Which is why. But the, uh, like the balloons, like the, again, going back to the 1940s, that Myler eventually lead, led to other like satellites. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you take a look, for example, at Myler, and you take a look at the Kecksburg case. Yes, right. And the, uh, the Corona satellites and the film buckets they had inside the Corona satellites. Yes. Yep. Yep. That was the Myler process, but in a different form, the form of a, a kettle drum, like you see in a, you mm-hmm. know, an orchestra, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was still layers of gold and plastic and gold and plastic. Wow. And they, they keep doing that. That's that's what puts the whole thing together. They've got to have something else going on. I would think 
that resembles what they were working on in that balloon. Back then. So it's going to be important to gather the information right. of what was on that balloon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. And, and, and that's the other thing, too, is that the U.S. now has the entire balloon in their possession. You know what I mean? Now they can tell exactly yes. what this thing is about. And, and the Chinese cannot be happy about that. You know? Matt, can I yes. add? Go ahead, please. The, uh, if you listen to, I've been following that on TV and all, and if you listen to some of the experts from NASA and other areas about why they use a balloon, uh, one of the biggest things is apparently there's so many satellites up there mm -hmm. that are looking down mm -hmm. that are much more sophisticated, obviously, but a balloon travels at a much slower speed. Mm -hmm. And they said that makes a significant difference in the amount of data that they can pick up uh, from our, you know, wherever oh. they're looking at the military bases. So they say that that's one of the big reasons they've been using these balloons. Mm -hmm. And as you remember, the other thing, of course, they're saying Chinese have been doing this for years. They, they had three balloons over that's the last yes. administration, and we never did anything about it. I think they so didn't. why not keep doing it until uh, we shoot them down? Okay. Know? First of all, they have to go to Switch. Switch, is that some woman's... Uh no, no, that's a. Uh, it, it doesn't fit the the image doesn't fit in, but that's a. Uh, looks like Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's a Canadian spy balloon. <laughs> Am I looking at this from a different angle? Had, uh, a Bullwinkle <laughs> was a Canadian uh, spy balloon. So, does that look like something else to anyone else? It did, but uh, it did. now it's coming apart. I've, I've said enough okay. about whiskers. Switch, yeah. Boy, dirty minds, I'll tell you. I thought he was going to put a quarter in it. If you know what I mean. So, <laughs> well, all right, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break now? You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks on Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. British Secret Service. Hello, money bag. Hello, 007. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. No, no, no? It'll be going fine, ship from the two idiots headquarters with me. Hey, Mac, did Defolo Krumpus just call us idiots? Yes, he did, 1-1. He's an ungrateful putz. Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn. 
But if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive. You shoot the machine guns. Okay? No way. I'm driving. I'm driving. Just have a license for you and I'm driving. See what I mean, Money Penny? But James, we have to get the stolen formula Dr. No-No before the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, Money Penny. I've got to rid myself of these two marshmallows. But I still have the red button, don't I? James, not the red button. Cobra, save us. Hello, gentlemen. And you, Mr. Bond. Oh, my God. Is that Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the shelter roof of my Ashton Martin? Well played, Cobra. What are you doing here? Besides rescuing my two friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself. And then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through. Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex. It's called S-E-X for Strength Energy Accelerator. And it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water and shake it, not stir it. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime. Oh, my. And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is passion fruit. Mine, too. Why, you little trollop. Hey, Mac, look at all these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. Not, not the, the big red, red button. No. Jeez, I hope he's wearing his rocket belt. Guess not. That's SCX Workout Dietary Supplement, available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com. And get some sex today. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you live with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codename Starman. Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Mac's exciting new series, Codename Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, the Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? 
Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Step riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Imagine if there was a super secret satellite in outer space that could read your thoughts and alter your reality. Imagine if the U.S. government had no knowledge that this satellite even existed. Now imagine if such a powerful weapon fell into the wrong hands. In the latest adventure of Mac Maloney's best-selling detective series, codenamed Starman, Lieutenant Chris Starr of the Navy's X-Files team is given his strangest case yet. Track down the ghost of a rogue Navy SEAL who holds the secret to the God Satellite. Once again teamed with beautiful Irish detective Mara McCann, Starr finds himself looking for clues from the streets of Rome to a mysterious snow-covered mountain in Arizona to Africa's forbidding skeleton coast. And finally, in outer space itself. But it's only when he realizes a secret vision in the desert points right back to where the case started does Star finally learn what the God Satellite is really about. That's the God Satellite, codenamed Starman, book number three by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. And listen to Mac's show to learn how you can win a free copy.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Most Rackstar Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show it's been tonight. We still got a little more to go, girls. Very famous one one is here. Hello, it's been fun tonight. Welcome back, girls. If you're hanging with us for the whole show, you realize how much fun this show has been. You're realizing. Interesting. Okay. Later on, you mean? So what do the, the British women just fall all over you because you have an American accent? You know, too. it's funny. It's, you'd think that they never see an American. I mean, this is a tourist area where I live. It's like Cape Cod in some ways. It's just, okay. are you American? They go, really? You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start talking about where you're from. First off, you say, yeah, my, my wife and I are from the Boston area, and then we mm. moved up to, you know. Oh, really? We, they when turn you say around Boston, and it kind of narrows it down a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> but the joke is I'm from New Hampshire. Yes. And I'm living in a, this area is called Hampshire. So oh, it's uh-huh. like Old Hampshire. Old Hampshire. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. It's like Hampshire County. It's like, it's, it's like a county. They don't call it a county, but it's like an area. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, huh. it's weird. Uh-huh. Are you American? Yeah. And so you didn't answer the and original they love, question. They love Americans, of course. How about so. the original question? Do you, feel, do you find British women falling head over heels for you because you're Canadian? It's... You know, they, none of them have thought I was Canadian, for starters. Okay, that's a no. And I don't even know I, I had an accent. Okay, now you do. Okay. Speaking but of it, accents. It's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an attention-getting device. Good. You know? Perfect. That's exactly what you need, as it turns out. Exactly. At my age, definitely. It could be a balloon. It could be a rubber. It could be what you're talking about. It could about. be my Yorkie. Okay. could be a dog. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> no Coco tonight, out saving the world, but Switchblade Steve Ward is here. Switchy, down there in... Cadillac with West Virginia. West by God, Virginia. That's yes, it. it's great to be here tonight. Okay, all right. I, and I don't really care, but what do you feed the cats? Do you give them catnip? Do you get them high? Uh, no, I haven't uh, done that yet. They've yeah. got uh, dry food down all the time. Interesting. Uh, but uh, they get a treat in the morning and the evening. They oh, get wow. some wet food, and they <laughs> really enjoy it. <laughs> some of them. And, and when Bliss showed up, she had been, I, I don't know, out, out on the streets for I don't know how long. What are you trying to she, say? She uh, ate like a bottomless pit, man. She was really? hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. boy, they picked the right sucker, for you. didn't they? All right. I don't mean sucker. I mean sucker in the in the sweetest way. Don't worry. Anyway, talk about the sweetest way. Also, sorry, Club is uh, Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? <laughs> Up there in sideways in your Hi, my friends. I'm doing really good. I brought both of my hands today. Nice. As we discussed earlier, I have my hands with me, and I'm doing great. Okay. Was there a mystery about your hands missing in an earlier show? I remember, or? I thought you said. That I, I was wearing my hands, and I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing hands. Wow. Okay. And what he's really saying is that you're wearing cans. 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 Oh, right. Okay. We got mixed up with the, uh, right. Okay. Also, is our security chief, Willie. And we Clark. weren't looking at your games or anything <laughs> like that. You were wearing your cans. <laughs> There's many words you can actually rhyme, as it turns out. Willie Club, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. I'm keeping my hands busy, too. So really? Keep that's him, important. But keep him up above nice that desk. Okay. Keeping his hands busy. Something, something good about tonight. Something in the air, I guess. Is I that what it is? Balloon or whatever. But Is it sli- slightly smoky? Is that what you're seeing in the yeah, air? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's coming off the sky. I a know. contact high, as they call it. Dr. Bob out there in, in Chicago. How are you doing? That Dr. Bob Gross. Smelling some secondhand is, smoke. Is that what it is? We can blame yeah. it on that? Super. <laughs> Excellent. He did the damn thing. That's well, it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, a pot is, is legal now almost everywhere. But the yeah. weird thing is, it's it's like, do you remember when, um, 
when like almost everything west of the Mississippi was near beer, you know, it was like oh, was yes. it a three point what, what was it three point two beer or whatever or even lower than yes. that, right? And it was just like it was like water in a way. Well, that's what these at least in Massachusetts, oh my friends tell me, is that what you buy there is just a kind of weakened um, strain of what you might be used to buying on the street, but but for a lot of money. For a lot of money, just for like a lot of profit, they have to be making tons of profit. So, anyway, it's legal, but it's not not Nirvana yet. But listen, speaking of Nirvana, Switchy, you have a um, a story from an old Saucer Review, British magazine, Flying Saucer Review, Flying Saucer Review, British magazine, very authoritative in the seventies. Yes, it was. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it was started in nineteen fifty five. Uh, uh, this is uh, volume twenty two, number five, nineteen seventy six. Pardon me. It was a, uh, a a phenomenal publication, and I, I have several hard copies in my collection. But you can go if you go to Amazon and via Kindle, you can get every issue from 1955 up to the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just a, a great resource. But this is kind of an obscure report that I had never heard of before. Uh, in Winchester, England, encounter uh, John Ledner of Bournemouth, Bournemouth uh, Unexplained Phenomena Research Group did the original investigation. Leslie Harris is the editor of the Bournemouth Group and, and wrote the report for Flying Saucer Review. The witnesses were Joyce Bowles of Winchester, at age 42. She was a British Rail powder room attendant. Ooh. And uh, uh, eat your heart out, one one. Uh, anyway, Joy, yeah, uh, and yeah. also Ted Pratt of Nether Wallop, age 58. He was an ex-farm manager. Now, and their stories, when they were uh, separated and told their stories, were consistent. And uh, they really didn't know much about the UFO phenomena, although Pratt had read uh, The Warminster Mystery by Arthur Shuttlewood, which is kind of a, uh, an old UFO classic. So on November 14th, 1976, they were both headed to uh, Chilcom Farm, which uh, would have been a distance of about three miles to pick up Joyce's son, who was 17. Joyce was driving. They turned on to the A272 and then they saw a glow in the sky. Now, this glow would vanish and then reappear. Then all of a sudden, this, the car began to vibrate. She, uh, Joyce was unable to maintain control of the vehicle. And the car moved diagonally off the road onto the grass uh, apron on, on the edge. Uh, and then the car stalled. And then a moment later, it restarted by itself. And then they, they saw a uh, an orange uh, cigar-shaped object about 15 feet long. And it's hovering just off the ground. Um, the object uh, appeared to have jets below it, which is interesting because, you know, often these things don't seem to have any means of propulsion. But if you re- remember the Socorro, New Mexico case, the egg-shaped object that Lonnie Zamora, a police officer, saw, uh, it, it when it took off, it had like jets at the bottom. Um, and at the top, there was a window, and they thought they could see three heads be- beyond the window, inside the window. And, and the car started revving by itself. Ted leaned over and turned off the ignition. And then they saw a humanoid figure emerge from the object. It did not come out of a door. It simply passed through a wall of the cigar-shaped object. Um, there was there was no door or, or partition that they, they could see anywhere. This entity was about six foot tall, slim build, silvery garment, long blonde hair, and a beard, very pale skin, kind of like one of the old Nordic types we were talking about earlier. Um, Joyce heard kind of a whistling noise. And for some reason, these whistling noises or or uh, a series of beeps show up in some of these things. Um, 
Now, as it got closer, she could see that its eyes were pink, like an albino. Now, the, the old classic Nordic types, I usually don't, I've not really read any reports like that. But then she was really freaking out. She felt that the entity radiated some power, which uh, calmed her a little bit. Uh, he was uh, he's standing by this car for almost two minutes, and then he moves to the rear of the vehicle. Ted wanted to get out. Joyce said, no way. She did not want him to get out, and he did not. And then they tried to drive away, but the car felt like it was uh, hitting a force field. And then shortly after, they were able to, uh, when they were able to move the vehicle, uh, Ed was, uh, they were able to move the vehicle, and they, they, they went away. Now, uh, Ted, for some reason, was calm and relaxed for a week after the incident. Joyce uh, had a different uh, reaction. She could not eat for about three days after the encounter. And she occasionally suffered from a rash on the right side of her face. Uh, the watch she was wearing had begun to gain time. And, but then after that passed, she felt like a different person with a renewed uh, inner strength. And, and then now after that, uh, very strange, you know, a, lot, a lot of these uh, things that happened, uh, you can find in different parts of the literature. Then she started getting phone calls, sort of MIB, men in black type calls. Do not speak of your experience to anybody. And also, she was having an outbreak of poltergeist experiences, things flying off the shelves and so forth in her house when that had never happened before. Now, you know, in these, these cases, it's very hard to know how real uh, these things were. I mean, were they in a trance? Did they imagine these things? Mm -hmm. But it's interesting, during that same weekend, a Mr. and Mrs. Haynes saw a silver-suited man near the uh, Chandler's Ford hypermarket. Mm -hmm. This is only seven miles from the other sighting. Several other people saw strange lights in the sky at the same time. So you have the the classic, you have the loss of control of the car. Uh, you have, you know, in, in some of these cases, you you have negative after effects. Some are positive. Hmm. Um, Preston Dennett wrote a book on, uh, on on healings that have taken place with these encounters where people have a, have a much better experience uh, following. Wow. Um, you have kind of a Nordic type uh, entity. And, uh, and then you also, like I say, you had the interesting, you have in this particular case, you have the jets underneath the cigar-shaped object, mm. when normally these things don't appear to have any kind of propulsion. Right. So, very strange case. It does seem like uh, these people were genuine and had some kind of an experience. But in trying to fit it in to the broad spectrum of these kinds of encounters, it's really very difficult. It's just another uh, series of statistics to add, to add into these uh, uh, encounters with the others amongst us, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So, so just uh, just continuing this conversation about whether we live in a simulation or not. I mean, what is that? Is that the uh, you know the god of all computers, the the god of the simulation, kind of screwing with us? That you know, strange beings would show up in our existence, if you know what I mean. You, even just UFOs. Let's just talk about the, for, for a second. Let's say it's a simulation. Why would UFOs be in the mix, unless? Like I say, this kind of great god of computer simulations just want to screw with us in a way. Well, Carl Jung talked about the uh, uh, the shape uh, being being the Mandela, where it's kind of this uh, uh, I don't know uh, uh, godlike or or positive uh, force that uh, uh, really comes out of the collective unconscious. Mm. Um, but not all these that. things have that shape. I mean, you get some really bizarre looking yeah, yeah. craft, if you will, which which brings us back again to you know, uh, if we really are being visited by all these beings, 
man, they've got a lot of makes and models of UFOs Stuff. that, uh, you know, some are very similar. And, and when you look at the general perspective, the general scope, you say, well, we've got uh, cigar shape, we've got uh, saucers, we've mm -hmm. got uh, egg shapes and so forth. Mm -hmm. You start to get down into specifics. And oftentimes you don't, uh, very seldom do you get something that sounds exactly like the other report. Yeah. Well, wow. That's funny. I mean, and there's also. You know what I find interesting. Go ahead. Is the, when you talk about the shapes. I mean, originally everything seemed to be saucer shaped, you mm -hmm. know, going back yes, to yes. the 40s. And, and then more and more now we're hearing more about the cigar shaped Cigar shaped things. objects. I wonder if there's different universes, you know, and they have their own type of vehicle. Yeah. You know, yeah. They have their Fords. They have, they have their Fords. Well, they have their Chevys. Black triangles have kind of taken over. Yeah, triangles are big. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, but but also there's there's also a timeline in this. We've talked about it before. Is that back in the 1880s, what people saw were like super balloons, and what I mean like super balloons is, you know, they'd hover over these western towns, and ladders would come down, and people would, you know, climb up and down them. But they were seen all across the country. But they were kind of like, okay, this technology is kind of around, but this is like something super. And then all of a sudden, you have the scare ships. In uh, England, in the you know, um, you know, in the 1910 and 1912, and they're huge zeppelins. Uh, you know, zeppelins were like about two or three years before reality. Yet people were seeing like the frightening thing of the era. You know what I mean? So now, we, we, you always know, a little bit ahead. Of always our a little technology. bit ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that about? That's a screwy thing, too. Just, and, and and even the ghost planes, the ghost flyers yeah, yeah, in yeah. Sweden. Yep. Uh, they were planes, but they had uh, how many propellers eight, on them? Eight engines. They didn't, couldn't tell where they were coming from. They, they had these searchlights uh, way up in northern Sweden at night. I mean, just – and what about that uh, case that we've talked about before in New York where they kept hearing this uh, plane overhead yes. of this horrible uh, – uh, snowstorm. Yep, yep. And it never landed. Yep. Nineteen. I think it was nineteen forty, maybe thirty. Maybe I think it was thirty. Yeah, I don't know. It could maybe, be forty. Yeah, no, it might have been thirty nine before but, uh, the war had started. But the, yeah, people was. So, the, go ahead. You know, so many mysteries. They, I mean, the, the mysteries piled on top of mysteries. This um, the one in New York where you know they had just you know there was there were skyscrapers around at that time. New York was like a bustling city. This is thirty nine, and there are several airports around there, and um, they start getting. Um, well, people start seeing this plane like flying down Broadway, almost you know below the skyscrapers and stuff. People start calling the airports, "What's going on?" And they say, "We don't have any record of this plane." Whatever, it did it like all afternoon, and then uh, and and lots of people saw it. Lots of people saw it, and then went away. No, no account of any crash. No account of any stolen planes. No account of any you know plane in distress trying to land. But like thousands of people saw this thing. You know, but, you know, the ghost flyers were a real phenomena. They they would land in, in lakes and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they would even uh, 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 heard some of their transmissions on the radio, mm -hmm. you know. But it's like, where, where the heck? What? Where are they coming from? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like you could believe in a, uh, <laughs> a a hollow earth or something, you know, out in the Arctic, some kind of secret base or whatever that uh, the conspiracy types love to talk about. But, man, it's just that some of it is just it's downright haunting yeah, I think, when you try to think of the implications and how could this be and, and what was the, what would be the source I, I was in a meeting in about 2013 with 17 other people and i really don't not at liberty to talk too much about it but Go they ahead, uh please. they claimed that they were it was a mass abduction mm. and that they were not the people that were abducting them were not aliens and 
each person was given like whatever they wanted to be as a professional or whatever, a gift. And that's what would happen during the uh, abduction system. Hmm. Um, there's a, there's even a, a, a great book called Shimmering Light by Walter Bosley, who his, his father was in the, uh, uh, the intelligence uh, agency. And he kept a secret most of his life, but he let out some of it. And it was the it was uh, and Walter just got parts of it over time. But his father was in, in one of these groups that would uh, recover crashed airplanes. Hmm. Well, he was uh, he was sent uh, on a on a different mission. They were wherever he was going. They diverted him to Arizona because a in quotes saucer crashed there. This is one year after Roswell. And it was he was told, according to the story, that these were humans. That was a a a the uh, a, a break off civilization of humans that mm. went underground, mm. and uh, they needed our, our help to uh, to recover their their people and get back to where they came from, uh, but they just didn't really have really much to do with it. So they were suggesting that Roswell was actually a breakaway uh, part of the human race, yes. not aliens. Now I don't know if it's true or not, but that's my favorite Roswell story. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. Wow, they went rogue. Why don't we do this? You know, it's, it's time. Switch. I'm sorry. Switch. You have to put up the uh, graphic of the train crashing into the station. Because it's time for us to say goodnight. Boy, this, this two hours went by pretty quick, didn't it? It did. Hmm. Holy moly. Let me uh, thank our uh, guest. Plugs. Dr. Well, let me thank everyone for us. Dr. Bob Gross. Let's give him a round of applause. Oh, well, you're quite welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. He deserves it. Thank you, Dr. Well, having, doctor on the having show. Having a fellow Birkin, Birkenstock uh, <laughs> yes. lover. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm no. not alone. Oh, my God. And He's Matt, a Birkenstock uh, you lover? Give, really? Dr. Yeah. Bob credit. He's, he made some comments tonight. He's got me thinking about, you know, the people that were saying, where'd everybody go? Yes. He was talking about abductions. Yes. Yes. You well, know, maybe, maybe we got to give some thought. To maybe that's part of the answer, too. If I they de- if they decided to the abduct everyone who wears Birkenstocks, I'm all for it, baby. <laughs> You're so fresh. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Anyway, thank you, Dr. Bob. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank you, uh, Willie Club, for joining Great us. Good to be here again. Keeping us in line. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Switch your room. Yes. Let's, let's try to get into cahoots with one of those cafes down there. For my, birth- oh, man. For my Listen, birthday, which is uh, actually coming up. Very soon, we're actually going to go get biscuits and gravy. That's my birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, can't wait. Thank you, Switch. My pleasure, Raven. Sorry, the time has come for us to say goodbye to you. It's the saddest. Oh man, that's room. okay. I really appreciate you inviting me. I had such fun. Just, just for, just for the crowd of uh, you know drunk white guys here. Take the glasses off for a second. <laughs> just take the glasses off well, for a second. I can't see without my. Glasses. That's okay. Just uh, we just want to see the overall thing. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. Wow. Hmm. I'm sober as a judge. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look, look at that countenance. We should be at video. We should be a TV show. Anyway. Just take a screenshot of that. Yes. I hope someone took a screenshot of that. <laughs> thank you, Raven. We appreciate it. Thank and, you. Uh, Juan Juan, thank you. For, we appreciate it joining us. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. And uh, From across the pond. Happy to be here. In fact, happy to be anywhere. And, okay. and let, the, let the phrase that pays... Oh. Stay with us, and that is asteroids, not. Oh, wait a minute. That's the phrase that pays. 
Mm-hmm. Running just quickly to the plugs. I think that's plugs. a good, um, what do they call that? Like a, your mantra? That's it. Asteroids not Right. Every, like, that's what you should say when you get out of bed in the morning. Right. Well, just be careful don't... what you wish for. <laughs> right. no, yeah. uh, well, hopefully we don't uh, get hit by a, a giant. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, which, uh, <laughs> it's either or all, which is worse. Anyway, on that note, let's do the plugs. Uh, Homestar Troops. Homestar Troops is an organization that raises money for our veterans in the post-9-11 combat, that is uh, the war in Afghanistan and also in Iraq. And these are uh, folks who came home maybe missing a limb or whatever. And Homestar Troops built homes for them, specifically lower count of space, not a lot of steps, things like that. You know the drill. And um, and then when they build the house, when the house is completed, they rip up the mortgage. They give them the keys. They do not have to uh, have that mortgage hanging over their heads every month. And then they can go out and just lead really good lives. These people gave a lot for us. We used to give a lot to them. Homestar Troops, 88 cents of your dollar goes to our veterans, which is very, very high in the charity biz. So please, Google them. Homes for our troops. Google them and see what they're up to. Um, let's see. Oh, coming up soon is uh, Raven Scary Mystery Hour. Why don't we run the bumper right here? Lock your doors. Close your windows. And turn out all the lights. Because it's time for Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Exploring the deep and dark depths of the most frightening movies ever. This show is not for the faint of heart. So consider yourself warm. Now, here's Raven. Raven, you're excited. You're excited. I am. I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we're going to see why. Okay. You'll have a captive audience. Don't say. Did you say <laughs> I hope so? Did you say captive? Nobody will notice you're nervous Thank by you. any means. It just doesn't it doesn't happen. It doesn't come through. It doesn't come through as it's <laughs> in the best. Well, listen, I, I want to thank everybody. Uh well, um I, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Until you uh, hear us next time, this is Mac from the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye bye. <laughs>